Hi, everybody. This is Peter Diamandis. Welcome to our next episode of Exponential Wisdom. In our last episode, Dan and I talked about passion and purpose. Dan, in this episode, I would love to talk about something that you and I share, which is longevity mindset. What is it? Why is it important? How do you get one? How do you maintain one? Sound like a fun conversation? Well, I think it's a bit of a trifecta, Peter, because passion, purpose, and longevity match up. They each require the other. Awesome. All right, let's dive in. One of the things in this conversation about longevity mindset is important to realize is that if you believe you've got a decade left or you know, 15 years left, versus I have 100 years left. Let's use sort of extremes here. How are you going to treat your body? Mm -hmm. How are you going to treat what you eat? How are you going to treat how much you love? You know, I'd love your thoughts on this. When you have a longevity mindset, it changes how you take care of yourself. So how does your longevity mindset change your life physically? Yeah. Well, First of all, I have to give credit to Babs because she's been the real clear person in our relationship from the beginning about health and fit. Well, health, certainly, not fitness. I've got more experience with working out and various muscle building. We have pretty good uh, records. I, I would say since 1985 that Babs and I have invested about two and a half million dollars in exploring every possible health and fitness thing that can keep you, you know, really energized and feeling very, very confident as we got older. And we're both in our 70s now, and I would say both of us are in better shape than we were 25 years ago. And we have the test to prove it. I mean, you can feel something, but if you have the test that support it, it's doubly persuasive. For example, COVID for a lot of people was tremendously challenging, energy draining experience. And I just loved it. I just loved it. I mean, yeah, almost to a point of feeling guilty about how much it was yeah, beneficial. I said, don't you realize this is real history? I mean, <laughs> you've heard about history, you've seen movies, you've read books about it. This is history. I mean, this is a big, big deal that we're going through. And my sense is the next 25 years, it's not going to be harmonious. We're not into a harmonious stretch whatsoever. I mean, the war in Europe, that was supposed to never happen again, that you would have a war in Europe. Well, you've got one. So one of the things along those lines, Dan, going back to longevity, is your mindset matters. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a topic that is kind of whimsical, but true, that optimists live longer. Well, I'd like to go back and just pick up on your purpose and passion thing. Your purpose and passion, as they grow, become very demanding. Well, you have this purpose and passion, you know, but of course you're going to die at 78. I'm sorry, that's not acceptable. Mm. Yes. I want more years. The reason I want to live so long is I'm going to have need for them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have need for a bigger budget. <laughs> <laughs> I read quite a bit about Steve Jobs and, you know, and how he died. And I said, you know, you're a very, very smart man, but in one part of your life, you were not smart. And you're not smart about your health 
And when you got clear-cut tasks that could have directed you in the right way, you didn't pay attention to them. You know, there's a lot of people who you wish they had lived another 20 years or lived another 30 years. And I think he was at the top of his game creatively when he died. Yeah, I think he was. And it's interesting, right? Because today's vision of retirement or giving your bits back to the universe is you're at a point where you've got the most relationships, the most wisdom, the most capital, the most of everything. And I think one of the reasons that people retire is that they're in pain or their energy levels are low. Or they haven't improved themselves knowledge-wise, skill-wise, and they're being bypassed. They're being bypassed by other people. So they feel like it has been in that regard. Yeah. 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 And, you know, there's a lot of studies on this that, let's say, someone goes and gets an MBA, okay? But the corporations that hire them only consider them really useful for 10 years after their MBA. And if they don't become something else besides their MBA or what they learned in getting their MBA, if they don't learn anything, they're going to be discarded. And interestingly enough, the speed at which knowledge is changing across every area is growing, right? Medicine used to be you get a medical degree in the 1880s and that would last you for 30, 40 years. Then it lasted you for 20 years and now it lasts you for three years. And by the time you graduate school, what you've learned in your freshman year is now out of date. Well, I mean, someone can get their medical degree in June and by (laughs) August, all their knowledge is in serious danger. I mean, if our longevity trip last year and again, August this year is anything to go by, things are happening really. It's not so much that any one experiment is happening faster than well they do happen faster because the testing is so much faster now but they're so communicating i mean they're so connected and you got to be okay with that you know i mean emotionally psychologically you have to thrive on the constant change dan how long have you had a longevity mindset would you say when you're young you never give it any thought because you're immortal so Consciously, it really happened when I talked about 1987. I mean, where there's a distinct difference between me after that realization in 1987. I think I looked at everything differently hmm. 35 years ago. So how do, you, how do you maintain a longevity mindset, especially as you're getting older? Well, chronologically older, not necessarily biologically older, but how do you maintain that longevity mindset? What is it you do that keeps you in that mindset? You've got to keep creating new things that scare you. I love the adage, you know, do something that scares you every day. Yeah, because I think the feeling of new things that scare you is the body associates it with you being a child. Fascinating. I I think that... If what's going on inside of you to whatever controls your body says, you know, something's off here, you know, we got 78 years, but we're not getting the signals of a 78-year-old. We're getting the signals of a 20-year-old or 
whatever, and probably younger than that, you know. My feeling is if a entrepreneur is successful for 40 years, at the end of 40 years, they're more like they were when they were seven years old than their present age. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I can still see you as a 12-year-old rocket guy, you know. <laughs> and I am. I am. I mean, you can see the youthfulness. There's a childlike quality to... I look at Elon Musk. This whole thing he just went through with Twitter, he just did that because he just discovered a new game. Yeah, that's right. It's a toy. It's a, it's, you know, it's a toy. It's a $43 billion toy. But the, <laughs> <laughs> and they said, well, what are you going to do with it? And, you know, it's like all the other toys. You don't figure it out until you play with them for a while, you know. And, you so, know, meanwhile, people are having the death of civilization feelings, you know, that he's taken over. They said, oh, don't, you know, loosen up a bit, you know. So other things that maintain the longevity mindset. So doing something that scares you every day, uh, doing things that are bigger and exciting that give you longer purpose, right? Because like I've always had, I can't start a company, man. I'm not going to be old enough to see it through or whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. But what are other things? I mean, how much does education play in the realm of maintaining your longevity mindset? First of all, I think uh, really good education early is really important. But ongoing, I'm, th I'm, talk I'm thinking about ongoing. But ongoing education, yeah. I think, is, you know, really crucial. And for me, the education is how is the world changing? You know, I'm just constantly interested. Now, I have interest in the geopolitical. I was born just before Normandy in the Second World War, so mm -hmm. I grew up in a culture where big things had happened on a global scale. The adults that I talked to and everything had been through the war, they had been through the Depression, and I got it. But I have a checklist, going back to your question about what necessary. First of all, you have to have friends and more of them. You have to have friends and more of them, and they have to be like-minded. They have to be like-minded. Our new program, this is, I think, why people jumped at it. You know, we're starting off with 140 entrepreneurs who are like-minded that they want to reverse their age, you know, age reversal, and they want to live 20 to 40 years longer than normal. So they're supported by people who have the same idea. I don't think you can do this alone. Yeah, so no. I want to just, for everybody listening, hit on this, right? So. Uh, future bigger than your past, doing something that scares you, keeping you youthful in that nature, having a community around you that supports that and has a common vision, right? You're the average of the people, the five people you spend the most time with. If you're hanging out with people who are looking at the obituaries and are saying, you know, you're insane, you're going to die in the next five years, and you're bombarded by that negative mindset, it's going to be detractive versus hanging out with people who are like exercising together and on this researching together and have a vision of, yeah, let's commit to this next 25 year journey together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And then you have to have money. You have to have money. Yep. It is not cheap right now. Yeah. Uh, you can't be dependent and you got to have more of it. I mean, you got to have more of it because the ventures are bigger. It's also true that most society saves to assume you live to 85. And then if you're out of money at, at 85 or 90, that's a problem. Well, I've got this client. He's the longest continuous strategic coach client, 35 years. Actually, he dates to back when I decided to live to 156. So July of 87, he started with me. 
-hmm. He's a wealth manager. I mean, he's, I don't know how old he'd be right now. He might be pushing 70 chronologically. And when he does two estate plans, he does one according to the actuarial tables, you know, the mortality tables. So let's say it's 85. He's working with someone who's 55. Okay. And he says, well, this is what the tables say that you're going to live to 85. But he says, you know, there's a lot of thinking now that by the time you get to be 80, there will have been an enormous number of medical and scientific breakthroughs that'll extend your age. So why don't we do another one for 100? Mm. 100. Well, guess what? They don't have the money. They have the friends maybe for 85. They don't have them for 100. They don't have the money for 100. And they don't have the purpose for 100. That's the biggest thing. They don't have a purpose for 100. So he says, yeah, but we'll just plan. He said, I'll show you what you're going to have to do now to get to 85, and I'll show you what you have to do to get to 100, which is not a big leap, you know what I mean? And he said within six months, they've changed their mind about retirement. <laughs> he says, all of a sudden, they're starting to work out. And he says, well, how are you feeling about 85? I'm going for the 100. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. So having the financial security. Friends. Having the friends. Purpose. Having the purpose. And I think novelty is really important, that you appreciate new things. I mean, that's different from setting scary goals. I mean, I just think it's a phenomenal world we're living in. Agreed. I would add one more, which is having the knowledge to give you the confidence and courage there. And for me, this is why, you know, I'm writing my books on longevity. I'm doing my longevity platinum trips and doing longevityinsider.org, which is if you're constantly bombarded by the news of this breakthrough and this breakthrough and this breakthrough, you're like, it gives you clarity and confidence that, of course, we're going to add, you know, 20, 30, 50, you know, years on your life. But if you're in a vacuum, if you don't know how fast the world is changing there, Right. So I would add the knowledge of the scientific progress to that list. Yeah. So remember back just a couple of months before our kickoff of the big Abundance 360. So that was 2013. I made a statement. I forget what your question was. I made a statement. I said, Peter, the biggest thing that you have to contribute is that you're not scared of the future. And a lot of people I know who are otherwise confident individuals are scared of the future. And that's a great contribution. So I think not being scared of the future is another aspect. Yeah, but being excited about the future to, to yeah. even go a step further, which yeah. is yeah. being pulled into the future. It's like there's so much excitement to be had. Are we going to have challenges in the future? Of course. I mean, if you look back over the 20th century, you know, we had World War One, World War Two, the Spanish flu, the Vietnam War, you know, the Great Depression, Great, the Great Depression. Depression, massive challenges. But yet, if you said, you know, is there anybody out there who doesn't believe that the world has done extraordinarily better access to food, water, energy, health care, education over the 20th century? It's massive, despite the fact that we had these challenges. And so uh, I think, you know, the 21st century is going to be massively exciting. The human race is going to become a multi-planetary species. We're going to reinvent the digital world. We're going to learn about brain-computer interface. It's just so much 
to be excited about to go and see. Yeah. I think yeah. one of the things that is different from when I was born and when I grew up is that how the world was was pretty much the way for everybody. In other words, everybody experienced the way the world was. And now I think it's not integrated like that. I think we create our worlds. You've created an amazing world with all the ventures. You think about the thousands of individuals, tens of thousands of individuals who are connected in your world, and it's a very like-minded world, okay? And I've created the same thing. We have 21,000 entrepreneurs who have spent at least three years in Strategic Coach, and they're very like-minded. And I think that that's a vast difference from the world of the 1940s and 1950s. Generally, people had more of a national feeling the way the country went. That's not true anymore. There's multiple different kinds of worlds that people live in. Yes. So, I mean, I think there we have it. You know, we open up this episode talking about a longevity mindset. And I think it is an extraordinary time to be alive. And I think mindset is one of the most important elements. It's not sufficient, but it is required. We're going to see breakthroughs in gene therapy and stem cells and a wide range of synolytic medicines. All of these things are going to allow us to inch closer to longevity escape velocity. But if you think you'll never get there, then you won't. If you, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. A <laughs> hundred years ago, the beginning, late 19th century, early 20th century, all the great scientific breakthroughs were in the area of physics, mainly physics. You had Einstein, you had Heisenberg, you had all these great thinkers about physics. Yes. And they formulated the laws of physics that are still pretty much operative, gravity, magnetism, and electromagnetism. But I was really struck with the thought when we were in Boston and New York last August that all the breakthroughs of the 20th century are going to be largely in the area of regenerative medicine. And this covers everything, how you think, how you feel, you know, I mean, the body is an infinite universe that we've just basically scratched the surface as far as learning goes. Probably when we have a podcast 20 years from now that I met someone the other day who doesn't really believe in age reversal. Gee, that's really odd. No, it's really odd. So my sense is that the focus of science shifts you get one area that's pretty well handled and it'll do us for a while. It moves to another area of scientific inquiry. And I think that's, people say, well, why don't we have the great physicist that we used to? And I said, well, we probably do, but that's not as crucial now that they be known. You know, and I think that some of the people that you've had as your guests are, what? they're establishing new territory. They're mapping out new territory. I agree with you. And I'll close on this thought. One of the things that gives me the greatest confidence in the idea of creating the longevity and age reversal is it's the biggest business opportunity out there. And I like to say the world's biggest challenges, the world's biggest business opportunities. And, you know, as far as I know, 
and I've done extensive research on this, you still can't take it with you. Yeah. So how much would you pay for an extra 20, 30 healthy years of life or 40 or 50 years? I think ultimately it's a massive opportunity. And as a result, we're just now beginning to see tens of billions of dollars flowing into, I know from my venture fund, two thirds of our investments are in the health tech, biotech, age reversal range. And it's where I'm starting all my companies. Why? Because I'm getting older and I want to live orders of magnitude more, or at least, you know, two, three, four, 10 X more. Yeah, I think if you did an economic map of the areas that are most thriving, I'll use the U.S. as the example. What you'll notice is unique about all the places that are really thriving. They have clusters and clusters of advanced medicine. Interesting. Yep. Yep. Yeah. One of the reasons why it's the biggest business opportunity is because all the biggest business people want to live another 30 years. Absolutely. And the heads of nations. And so I'll close one point I think it's worth making is people say, well, is this only available for the wealthy? And another point people say is, isn't this going to lead to overpopulation of planet Earth? And let me hit those two in reverse order. The first is one of the biggest concerns we should all have is underpopulation of planet Earth. If you look at growth in- It's happening right now. Yeah, uh, Japan is dwindling. Elon Musk put out a tweet recently saying, you know, Japan's going to disappear off the map because their death rate is so much higher than their birth rate. In the U.S., we're below the replacement level. Many parts of Europe used to be globally was, you know, an average of six children per family. We're down to 2.4 and COVID reduced it even further. Yeah. So if we have the big resignation, you can't find people to work today. It's going to get worse in the decades ahead. We're likely to peak at like nine and a half billion people and then rapidly fall after that. Yeah. There's a geopolitical thinker, Peter Zion, that I follow his YouTubes. And he says China itself, from the inside, their own numbers are feeling that they'll have half the population in 2100 that they have right now. Yeah, it's a challenge. The second point, is it only available for the wealthy? I would just remind folks listening that every advanced technology early on, when it doesn't work well and it's expensive, is what the wealthy typically invest in. But by the time it gets really perfected and it's working fantastic, it's cheap and it's demonetized and democratized. Like, you know, the first brick cell phones that led to, you know, handsets in Africa that are cheaper and operate better than anything we've got here, even in California. Gene mapping. Gene editing, yeah. Gene sequencing, same sort of thing. So is it going to be expensive in the beginning? Probably. Is it going to rapidly fall off because the market isn't thousands of people, it's billions of people? Absolutely. And one last thing, which is the number one correlate with all disease is aging, meaning if you're able to reverse aging, you're going to be able to reverse disease, give people vitality, energy, you know, desire. Yeah. Anyway, Dan... A pleasure as always. This was a fun conversation. Yeah. I hope this fits in with the rest of your program on purpose and passion. It does. And and thank you for another fun episode of Exponential Wisdom. Thank you.